Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Welcome to Questions About Heaven. This is Brad Zockel, and I want to thank you for joining me here We're taking a special series as we go through and answer questions about heaven, and we're going through the book of Revelation verse by verse, and I have broken down the church letter to the Laodiceans into two parts, because there's a lot here, and many Bible scholars believe that this church really exemplifies the church of today, the church in this generation. And so let's take a look at it again. You know, as we're talking about this lukewarmness, I can recall in the sixth grade in Hershey, Pennsylvania, we had a teacher who we liked a lot, but he gave us a kind of a puzzling. We had homerooms in those days where we took most of our teaching with one teacher, would move around occasionally. But for the most part, this one particular teacher was there for us. And we liked him, but we never really could figure him out. And sometimes he would be aloof as to hurt us as well, say some things and things uh, along the line of, showing some indifference. And so one time we thought, well, we'll bring it all together. We found out when his birthday was. And so uh, students quietly brought in cookies and cake, and he was called out of the room. We set everything up with like candles and all sorts of decorations in, within five minutes. Got it all ready, and when he came to the door and we all cheered, he looked at us like we were from Mars and was very indifferent and said, we got to keep teaching. And I cannot re- just try to relay how disappointed and how that just took the air out of our joy in the classroom. We wanted to do something, and it was very lukewarm about the answer. Or when I was in junior high and I had a, a, a crush, uh, just a super crush on a girl uh, that lived in another place in another part of the uh, eastern shore whenever we lived in Delaware, and she was from Maryland over in a place called Berlin. And so we would write letters, snail mail letters back and forth. And having that uh, upper junior high uh, thinking we would always sign our letters with love. And I would wait for her letters to come throughout the summer as she would write me and I would write her, exchange them back and forth. And how devastated I was one time when I saw very clearly she erased the word love and wrote your friend. She became lukewarm. And it wasn't very much longer before my heart was completely broken with the lukewarm response that I received. And we don't like whenever we receive a lukewarm show of affection or care, when, especially when we've given so much out. And I can just recall many times when lukewarmness was almost as bad as anger, and so can you. Those are times when we just wish somebody would make a decision. Or, as I've been a teacher over 30 years, and there have been more than one situations where my students were there have been dating, and one of the couple is just indifferent but doesn't know how to break it off. And the other one would say, look, tell me yes or no. Do you want to continue dating? Do you want to be my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever? But I just want to know, what is your final decision? So when we see indifference, it's very, very frustrating or lukewarmness. Well, that's the Church of Laodiceans. Did you notice this? In the passages that we've been seeing, Jesus addresses each of the churches in a way that tells us, it's like the the church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna. We receive those, you know, very clear titles. But this is, in this passage, there's a very, very intriguing 
church title. Listen to this and tell me what you see in verse 14. And to the angel, the messenger of the church of the Laodiceans, right? Well, right there we see that there's something odd. We didn't see the church of the Ephesians or the church of the Philadelphians. Something's different here. It's not identified in the proper structure. It's talking about the residents in a different way. Well, let's read on and find out why this particular title will be said this way. These things say the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. You don't know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy from me, this is Jesus speaking, gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed. In other words, face up, stand up, be pure, face the persecutions, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Anoint your eyes with eye salve. We talked about this. This was known as a medicinal city. There was a certain kind of a medicine used for eyes, a salve that was sent out all over. And this is thrown back into their face in this phrase. You would anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. What a great word, zealous. It's always good to be zealous in a good thing, the Bible says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. How very, very powerful it says. It finishes up verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that concludes the letters to the seven churches. But boy, what a message we have here for the Laodiceans. Let's continue on as we've talked about it and see what's going on here. Whenever we see this passage here, and we are looking at this particular uh, one in chapter 3, once again, we're in verse 14, to the church in Laodicean, uh, of the Laodiceans. And when we bring this up, we're going to go back to Colossians chapter 2, in verse 1, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 16, and we see they're mentioned again. Not exactly in high praise either. These people have a problem here. Well, what is this? Well, let's get an idea of the name for Laodicea. It's, a, it, it's one that's broken down, and it gives us an idea of maybe something that's going on here. Laodicea means uh, the people's ruling. Or you could say the rule of the people. Now, what it could mean is that this is a church that does not go under the full sovereign leadership of God. It's kind of they want to do what they want to do. They call it the, a, a church by vote, a church by whimsy, a church by fashion, a church by majority rule. Uh, there's a game, there's an online game that I used to play with my students whenever I taught in, in high school. And it was online. I don't think it's on there anymore. It's called Majority Rules. And they would ask a question, and then the students, and I would read them to the students whenever we'd have a break during our studies or our downtime. And I would ask them the question, 
And the answer was, what do you think the majority of those who were asked, what would they answer? It didn't mean that it was the correct answer. It was, what do you think the majority of people would, how would they answer it? And there were many times and the students said, well, that's stupid. You know, everybody knows that this would be the right answer. And I said, well, that's not the point of the game. It's what do you think the majority, and I believe that they had 4,000 people registering and answering these questions. Well, that's kind of here. It's the majority rules, just like the game. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. It's who uh, would make decide the vote. What would be that? Call it a mob rule if you want to, in a sense. The Church of the Laodiceans. Now, in this, well, what happens? Well, what we want is we want comfort. We want ease. And perhaps this is what this church wants. We don't want to extend ourselves. It's sort of like Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit. He, there is a part of him, a part of his DNA, as the fiction story goes, that just wants to stay home and have toast and tea, doesn't want to go on adventures. And that would be what would be uh, settling the Laodicean church. We want this here. We just want a lukewarm church. We want to meet because social, that's good. But we don't want to do anything. Uh, it, it's, anything would be sacrificial, would be too much. And that's not a life of ease. We've come into retirement in Christ. Could we use that phrase? Retirement in Christ. We want to have a life of ease. And all. Oh, give us the Bible, but give us the passages that would soothe us, not convict us. That's what's going on. And no doubt they had a pastor that did just that. There are churches like this today, social churches. I've visited some. Uh, I have gone, and we would see things that are very ornate, but empty, you know, vacuous uh, in there, neither cold nor hot. And in there, he says, I'm going to, this is a very graphic term, I'm going to vomit you, spew you, spit you, regurgitate you out of my mouth. Why? Well, as I said before, if there's something distasteful within you, your body says, I've got to get rid of this. This is a poisonous thing. This is a distasteful thing. This is not working with me. And so you eject it out of your mouth. Well, that's the same thing here. Can you imagine this? Jesus says, you are so against my body. You are so against my way. You are so against me. I can't have you in me. I, I can't have you a part of me. Isn't that something? I'm rich. I have need of nothing. And so what they were was, we do know, we talked about this in the last lesson, they were financially very stable. The city was very well-to-do. And so the church carried over the, quote, richy riches into the church who liked that. I can recall one time in, in, in a southern state, and I was visiting, I was there for the summer working on a job, and one of the ladies who had hired me, an elderly lady who went to a very high-class church, and it would be like Laodicea, I guess, in reflection. And I was talking, being friendly, as I was uh, carrying the firewood into the house. I was doing this when I was in my college years. And I said, you know, perhaps I'd go to church. She goes, well, after church, every Sunday, we have a full meal. Everybody sits down, and that's the one thing about us. And that seemed to be what she'd talk about, is the fellowship meal. And I said, well, you know, and I was kind of teasing. I said, maybe I ought to come just for that meal. She goes, you know, perhaps we would accept you. And she said it with a straight face. I'm sitting there, you know, with torn jeans and an old uh, a ragged sweatshirt pulling things in. And to her, her church was very upper crust, but she kind of liked me. Well, perhaps they'll accept you. And it gave me an idea of this church that they didn't want anybody that was of low class. They didn't want anybody that was not of their standard. Well, that could be like the Laodicean church. We want things in here. We like the luxury uh, in here. 
you don't realize in this how embarrassing you are. Jesus said, your condition is miserable. You are blind. You are poor. I think probably the most graphic word here is miserable. This is absolutely, I mean, it says you're naked, you're wretched, but miserable, miserable to see and no doubt miserable in your own heart. They were uh, living off of a reputation that maybe they thought, you know, the emperor has no clothes on. Uh, He thinks he's there and everybody is so proud, but actually the world saved and unsaved looked at these people and said, what are they about? Is that the way we are right now? Okay. Jesus is saying this. You really think a lot of yourselves, don't you? You really think you stand out. Is it Robert Burns that wrote the, the poem uh, Ode to a Louse and talked about the lady who had all her finery and yet there was lice in her wig, her pomaded wig? And then he, in the poem, said, Oh, that others, that we would see ourselves as others see us. And in this sense, this would be spiritually. Oh, that we would see ourselves as Jesus sees us. We're trying to act like we're so much. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to buy from me gold refined in fire. The beautiful gold refined in fire that you can be rich. His gold. Understanding the leadership and the treasure that is Jesus Christ that has been refined in fire. White garments. They will cover your nakedness. You see, Laodicea had a a, a garment, a, a very, very unique black wool they were famous for. And they would show that off, and it was, it was known for their area too, and they were very proud of it. Well, the Lord is uh, giving an antithetical statement here and saying this, you know, what I'd rather have is you're so proud of your dark garments of society. I want you to have white, pure garments of spirituality here. And your eye salve, we talked about that. You're blind. You need to have the ability to see yourselves. Buy from me. It says all this. This is what I need you to do is buy from me. Come to me if you're going to talk about purchasing. Why not purchase these things from me? He's not talking about uh, physically, but come and invest yourself in me. As much as I love, I may be speaking hard, but as much as I love, I rebuke and I chasten here. And God is saying, look, if I didn't care, I wouldn't be talking with you. Think about it. I think some of the times when I have seen leadership just say, if that's the way you wish to go, so be it. And then somebody would go into wreck and ruin. But to the ones that said, look, I'm speaking harshly to you, or a parent that says, I need to discipline you because I care, that's what the Lord is saying here. This one here, I am giving you my heart and letting you know that love also means correction here. Very, very powerful. Be zealous and repent. In other words, this one here, as we look at this, it is talking about when we use this in here, Revelation chapter 3, and uh, when we go back to uh, the Revelation in in this chapter in verse 16, it's talking about this term. Zealous is used here in the same word as hot back there, because you're neither hot nor cold. Uh, You need to be high. You need to be 
Uh, your temperature needs to rise. You need to move. You need to build steam and to go and to show some effort here. That's what James says. Stop being a hearer of the word only. Be a doer of the word, James 1.22, and make, make your life count. Make your life count. It's whenever I teach online, I always say that there is the 2-2-2 principle. 2 Timothy 2-2. I am committing these teachings to you, faithful ones, that you will turn around almost immediately and teach it to other ones that you know are faithful. And we continue this heavenly cycle till Jesus comes. This is not to sit dormant on you. And the Lord says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, anyone hears my voice, I will come in, and I'll do more than that. I'll have a deep, abiding love relationship with you. I will dine with you. I stand at the door. And look, I'm not going to force myself in. You have to open the door. And that's what he's saying. Take the initiative, Laodicea. Take the initiative. Take the treasure. You've got to reach for the treasure. You have to reach for the white garment. You have to make a decided effort on this. Are you going to be lazy? spiritual couch potato. I am standing. I'm not sitting out here. I'm standing at the door. I'm continuing to knock. Keep uh, an ear to the door. Open up the door so I will come in. I will come in and I will dine with you. And when we do, this will be more than we have here in America. It's sitting and reclining at tables, it says in Matthew 8, 11, sitting there and sharing and feasting, and laughing, and loving. That's what it's saying. Anyone, anyone, to he who overcomes, I'll grant to sit with me on my throne. Overcoming, overcoming. An overcomer is not lukewarm. An overcomer is one who says, by faith and by the Lord's might, I'm going to win. I'm going to advance. I will grant to sit with me on my throne. This is an amazing promise here. You sit with Jesus on his throne. This is an amazing promise after all. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And, you know, we're embarrassed when we hear this, but we have an ear. If this is something that, as we say here in America, if the shoe fits, wear it. If this is what is applying to us, we need to change here. We're going to be talking about the future in the next verses here in chapter 4, but before then, We need to see, are we ready to be able to present the message to people? If we give this message of the future, do people laugh at us as they laughed at Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah when he tried to get righteous? And they said, you've been living with us and being just like us. You're as lukewarm as anybody would be. You haven't made any stand. Why are you trying to make a stand now? And many, many scores of people went to destruction because Lot was lukewarm. And we shouldn't be that way. We must hear what the Holy Spirit says here. He's speaking to the assemblies, the churches, and that means us. I hope that you can understand how important it is for us to be able to be on fire for the Lord, be hot, be be dedicated. And I hope that that is something that as we take our next steps into these studies, that you would be energetic enough that when people say, when they hear what you're saying, that people would say, I'm going to listen because you're serious about your faith. Think about this. Thank you so much. This is Brad here in Questions About Heaven. We finished up Revelation chapter 3. Our next start is in the Metatalta section, the hereafter section, the future. From chapter 4 till the end of the book, we're now going to step into the future.
Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.